and welcome to our second edition of the new season. Now we're in very strange and scary times at the moment and we're going to be addressing the effects that coronavirus is having on our wonderful sport. Uh, one of those effects is that I'm not actually in the studio. So if you're watching this on YouTube <laughs> and you're thinking, where has that voice come from? Um, I mean, Mags and Sarah, give them a wave right now. Uh, I mean, I am there, aren't I? There's a photo of me there. Yeah, it's, it's rather scary. It's a bit, it's a bit Hannibal Lecter-ish, this yeah. picture that we've got of you. The, the mask that, that, that they've put on me over at Netball Nation looks bizarrely like it is actually on my face, although it has been superimposed. So uh, I'm in self-isolation, but Mags and uh, Sarah are there uh, keeping it all afloat. So thank you for that, guys. How are you both before we crack on? Yeah, good. Well, that's, yeah, OK. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's such it, we, a weird time. We are certainly living in very weird times and we hope that we can offer you some kind of escapism, whether you're listening while working from home or during self-isolation. We're here to talk all things netball, to bring some familiarity to so much uncertainty. So we are here for you. Now, remember to mark the start of Netball UK powering Netball Nation. We're offering Netball Nation listeners and viewers 10% off everything and the timing couldn't be better to get your home set up sorted just use code nation10 at netballuk.co.uk but hurry up because it ends today so you can see all the t's and c's at www.mynetballnation.com this is netball nation powered by netball uk your one-stop shop for everything netball Shop now at netballuk.co.uk. Now then, in these strange times, we have so much to get through. First off, of course, the C word, coronavirus. Whoever you are, <laughs> I was a bit worried then. <laughs> I thought you might be, Mags. <laughs> Whoever you are and wherever you are in the world, this pandemic is taking hold. It's had a massive impact on sport, including netball. Now, we know there's so many disappointed netball players and fans out there just desperate to have the sport back. But prevention is our priority right now as is being kind to each other and taking care of each other and those particularly who are most vulnerable now we're going to be discussing how it's affected our sport what it means for the future and what you can do to stay in shape and still play even during quarantine now we also have a special guest coming up to speak to us as well so looking forward to that Right, two round four Super League matches were able to take place last weekend. We're going to be discussing the outcomes of those. The National Schools Finals also took place as planned. And there was some quality netball on show as well. And finally, New Zealand's ANZ Championship returned for the first round of fixtures. And there were some tight games there. So plenty to get stuck into for us. Now, the coronavirus has had an impact on netball at all levels, with grassroots to Super League fixtures all cancelled. It is a worrying time, but England netball have put the netball family health at the forefront of their decision to suspend all netball until at least the 30th of April with other netball organisations around the world making similar decisions. Now as I mentioned at the top of the pod we have a special guest joining us today so ladies a warm welcome please to Claire Nelson CEO of Netball Scotland. Oh welcome. Hi, Claire. Amazing. Hi. I, I, I hope people aren't disappointed with that build-up when you say the special guest today. Claire, you are, you are thinking it was raged on. <laughs> Claire, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. First up, I've got to ask you, what's the mood like up in Scotland in the current climate? Do you know what? It's actually strangely positive. I, I have to say, the way my team here has mobilised 
to just become a whole new workforce with a completely different infrastructure, turn this organization on its head to now deliver completely different member services and, and do all of this while cancelling and trying to look after their own health. They've been amazing. And what I think we're all finding is actually the netball community is coming together and there's so much solidarity, so much collaboration. And people are just really trying to find the positives through all of this. So at the moment, the mood is good. What that will be like maybe in four, five, six weeks of everyone being at home, I don't know. So I think actually we're really going to have to start focusing on people's health and well-being in the coming weeks. But at the moment, we're all good. I think you're right, Claire. I think there's been this bizarre thing of, although we're all sort of social distancing, there's a real sense of togetherness. Have you found that, Mags and Sarah? Oh, Mags is throwing it to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think um, after the kind of initial, you know, people panic buying and and just kind of showing the worst side of of human human nature i think now people are realizing you know actually this could be a bit bit of a longer haul and and looking after each other a lot more like you know community schemes where people are are doing the shopping and and chores and jobs and things for for vulnerable people is just really nice to see and and the netball community you know always pulls together in difficult times and it and it's it's great to see you know people connecting from around the UK but also around the world in terms of trying to help each other out and in a netball sense you know keep keep each other going. Yeah and Claire you mentioned as well when you were chatting about it that you know you've had to adapt and change the services what is your prerogative then now what are you doing? So I mean in the space of a week we've gone from look we think this this might be something we need to think about to having shut down a national organisation a sirens franchise cancelling all of our national competitions, cup finals, school cup finals. Uh, we, we were doing a local association consultation. We've done all of that to actually what's our new normal. And for us, it's about we have a really amazing opportunity as a sport here. And I've been saying this for a long time, and I think this is probably just forcing us to, to sort of face these opportunities a bit quicker. We are we are an organisation that deals with women and girls, and we have a huge opportunity now uh, across the UK to provide a service which actually speaks to our member audiences. That Yes, they're players and they're coaches, but they're people, they're mums, they're daughters, they're, you know... Uh, people trying to get through this so what we're looking at doing is yes keeping our education going looking at how we can uh, keep people engaged through coaching workshops and and umpiring workshops but actually we're going to look at crafts and entertainment and well-being and meditations and create a community that keeps people active healthy mentally and physically that provides up-to-date information that becomes a one-stop shop for everything that that means we get through this and come out the other side happy healthy strong and connected oh, i love that claire that's a great <laughs> idea I, I mean it is known as well the netball scotland handled the evolving coronavirus situation quite differently to england uh, scottish governing bodies made decisions a bit quicker to halt elite sport in front of 100 people or more before last weekend and then of course later a total suspension what was your involvement involvement in that decision and do you think in your opinion claire were england netball too slow to act on it 
look, all I can do is act on the, in the best interest of my sport and our people. And those decisions were made in consultation with my team, my, my board. But, but ultimately, as the chief exec, I had to make those executive decisions. So on Thursday, we pulled an entire team meeting together. And I said, we were having a team meeting anyway, but we were talking about strategy and future, you know, future plans. And we, we overtook it with coronavirus contingency planning. We had two or three different scenarios ready to go. And then when Nicola Sturgeon and Boris Johnson came out and said, look, it's largely going to be business as usual, but we're going to look at reducing mass gatherings and so on. We thought, okay, well, we'll get through our competitions at the weekend. What we realise is despite what the government is saying, people are reacting exactly how they're going through this in the moment. And they were scared. They still are scared. So despite our best efforts to have some controlled measures in place, we realised that people didn't want to come together and be in an environment that they felt nervous about. And so I had to think, can I ask people to do that? Am I confident that I know it's going to be okay? And no, because in all of this, yes, I I have a job as a chief exec, but I'm a human being who's receiving this information at the same time as everyone else and trying to make these decisions. So on Saturday, we did make the decision to suspend all netballing activity across Scotland. And I tell you something, I will live and die by that decision. It was the right thing for us to do. Every decision I've made has had people at the heart of it and has been based on, for me, can I sleep at night can we live with this decision can you look people in the eye but with that we were keeping sirens slightly separate because they were we were like well we can hopefully still play our game and as Saturday went on I just thought we as a business cannot be inconsistent in our message so Sarah Jones at Welsh Netball was completely supportive of that approach we spoke to the league and the league made their decision as well that was supportive around you know round four not not can Um, continuing so as a league we've all come together and we've made decisions collaboratively how England netball or any other sport or organization runs their business I am not going to comment on it is my job to protect our members and I feel that we acted at the right time in the right way for our people yeah and like you say the health and well-being of everybody is far more important than anything particularly in the current climate that we're in um i've got to ask you then claire what's your message and advice to netballers from sort of grassroots to the highest level um in it like at the moment well at the moment uh, you know sport and netball but all sport it represents the best of everything you know it's our uh, it's keeping physically active it's our escape from kids or home it's it what makes us feel good about ourselves and i think that missing out of our lives we're going to feel that gap so i think what i would like to say is stay positive let's see see this as some kind of opportunity and i know that sounds like a difficult thing to hear when when people's lives and health is at risk but i i have this philosophy that every time a a, a challenge is thrown at us and we have to look within it and see what that diamond is. And for me, this is a chance to reconnect. Um, It's a chance to just get some downtime for us as a sport. We're going to look at how we can innovate and plan and perhaps even create an, an even more exciting future for our sport, for our members. But but also just it will be okay if we just follow the guidelines, we'll come through this. What I really want to do, though, is say, please stick with us. We've had this amazing start to the Super League season in particular. We had an amazing first game. You know, we've seen across the league heightened um, uh, engagement with our league. We've seen more bombs on seats. But we are going to need that more than ever to survive and come through this. So just look after yourselves. 
have some fun. But when we come out the other side, let's be even more of a stronger, more vocal, connected community so that we can keep this sport going. Absolutely. And of course, the financial repercussions um, on the yeah. whole country, really, it's taken its toll. Um, I've got to ask you then, what are you doing to try and support coaches, clubs, players who might actually suffer financially from the postponement of leagues and training sessions? Yeah, well, uh, our staff and players has been our priority for number one. Anyone that earns a living through Netball Scotland, Sirens or our sport, we have ensured that they will continue to do so. You know, so every member of staff, we have a plan across there and then across our players. I have communicated directly with them. They've been informed of every decision. And we actually have a, a bit of a matrix of everyone's personal situation. Where are they living? How do they work? What's their family set up? So we can ensure that everybody has got their support system. We, we've let Natalie go home. She wants to be with her family in Australia. So we've had one one on one conversations with every single person, every every coach, player and member of staff that, that we have a responsibility to. Outside of that, we are working with our clubs, our local associations, anyone that may run into a little bit of difficulty as a result of this. And we will put plans in place to support them. So, you know, we came up with the hashtag for sirens at the start of the season, everybody in, and it has never meant more than it does right now. And everyone that is a member of our organization, we have a responsibility to help them through that. Um, and, you know, the financial uh, implications, they're a concern. I'm sitting trying to map out how we get through this, but this is where we rely on our sponsors and partners to help us through that as well. And, you know, if we need to shut things down and cut some of our costs in the short term as well, we'll do that. But we don't want anyone to be emotionally impacted by what, what coronavirus is doing to us at the moment. Uh, I mean, Mags and Sarah, that's exactly the kind of attitude you want to hear towards this, isn't it? I think it's commendable. And, you know, the actions of uh, Netball Scotland have to be applauded. Um, I'm just wondering, is this everything that you're telling us now, Claire, has that been put out somewhere so that your community is aware of that? Because that, a lot of what you've just said to me is news. But I think it's positive news that should be shared, you know, not just countrywide, nationwide. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, we've got really good comms going out to all of our members. We've set up a, a Corona COVID-19 portal on our website, which I never thought we would have. Um, you know, uh, even though every single out of office for the last week uh, consistently across our business has all the lines of information and communication across there. So I'm hoping that our members are aware that we're doing this. We sent out um, comms yesterday to say that we were going to be creating this new engagement strategy um, but you know at the moment I, I, I suppose we're, we're trying to communicate as best we can but we're also in the thick of just trying to make sure that every person is looked after every process is in place that everyone's informed so that we can then start to, to move into this this new way of working but I have to say I think what we're doing uh, has been picked up I've been contacted by two or three other sports in, in Scotland looking for advice. I've been um, contacted by a couple of other organisations. Partners have picked up on what we're doing. So, you know, it's all new to us and we're sort of finding our way in the dark. But I think, you know, it has been seen that, that we've had a fairly robust approach to reacting and adapting to this. It certainly sounds that way, Claire. And like Mag says, it's commendable. Uh, now, before you go, um, let's talk a little bit about Sirens, who've had one win and two losses oh. so far this season with patches of great play, but not enough consistency. Would you agree yeah. with that? And what are the aspirations for the season once it starts up again, Claire? Yeah, those first two games were a little bit frustrating for us, but they showed the flashes of what we knew was in this team. 
look, I went into the season and I wanted two things. I wanted happy players playing their best netball. For me, I don't feel that I have seen our players really deliver against their potential uh, over the past season. So bringing Karen Atkinson in, and she's amazing. I'm actually taking tips from her at the moment about how to entertain kids because that's my next <laughs> challenge over the coming weeks. But just really looking at that that culture, the leadership, the direction of the team with Leslie McDonald, what I wanted to see was consistent execution and players playing well. And we finally got that in storm. So for us to have that game gave the players the confidence and what we all know is in there. It was really excellent execution for anyone that's watched the game. I think we all said it's the best netball we've seen a Scottish team play in a really long time. But to do that in front of a packed crowd, new partners, you know, our, our off-court proposition is the best in the league. It's then really frustrating that, that we get a stall to that. But it shows, though, what we're capable of. And what I'm hoping is that we get to be able to get back on court and deliver more of that. But for us, we're in this for the long haul. You know, this year was about just improving our programming and getting that consistency and then look to build so that we can hopefully in the not too distant future start to challenge for a top four spot. Exciting time. Sorry, you were you sounded like you wanted to say something then. No. When, when, when I saw it, I thought I heard Don't you. Don't try and drop me in it, Emma. <laughs> what, what, Just sitting here politely being quiet. Sarah. <laughs> I thought I thought I heard a Sarah Huff and a Puffus. I started asking you that question. I was like, oh, she wants to chip in here. No, I wasn't just obviously losing fitness, you know, just <laughs> come up the stairs. <laughs> well, if anyone's got any tips on how Sarah can keep fit during social distancing, please do let us know. Look, Claire, we will not keep you any longer. Thank you so much for coming on to netball nation look after yourself keep doing what you're doing like we say it's extremely commendable and also best of luck with your kids entertaining them for the next oh foreseeable i need it, I need it. <laughs> thanks very much guys keep up the thank good you. work thanks, thank claire. you Take care. Claire. Claire Nelson there CEO of Netball Scotland thank you so much for chatting to us there um now then we move on because we've had a couple of tweets from Hazel who loves to listen to the pod in the car after a busy shift working for the NHS. So, oh, no, shout sorry, out. shout out to Hazel and all the NHS oh, yeah, workers, yeah. first of all. Pick them up. Great yeah, job on it. them. Absolutely. Yes. Can yes. I just also throw in while we're talking about the NHS, my sister-in-law, she is the infection control uh, nurse within a local hospital and she is a flat out. So I just want to big up her as well. Yeah, shout what, out. Yeah. What's her name, Max? She's called Susan Heiger and she works at the Huddersfield Royal Infirmary and that is her role and she is literally dragged from pillar to post with what's going on because of her specialism. Do you know what? Shout out to Susan and every single NHS worker out there. We here at Netball Nation salute you and we're extremely grateful for all of your efforts right now. Uh, now, we want to answer all of your questions as well. So if you are listening to us for a bit of escapism, like Hazel is on your way home from work or whatever, just make sure that you do send in any questions and we will answer them as soon as possible on the next podcast for you. Now, Hazel wants to know how Super League clubs are keeping players fit and also how grassroots netball is going to get back to fitness once all of this is over. Sarah, Obviously, as a head coach, this is a tough time for you and your players, not knowing when you're going to be playing. That's got to be tough to manage. How yeah. are you advising them to stay fit, sort of physically and, of course, mentally? Because that's equally as important. Yeah, and I think that's probably the bigger part of it at the minute. You know, um, the physical stuff is difficult because it's likely to change week on week. You know, at the minute, some people can get into gyms. Gyms are slowly closing now. Um, so then programmes will go completely outdoors pretty much and then it's likely that it goes indoors at some point so 
week on week we're sending kind of different options out to our players of of what they can do and and different sessions that they can do because I think part of it is just not getting paralyzed by the unknown you know like oh this isn't my usual routine what what session do I do and so by giving players options um that's really helpful I've, I think it's, it's been mentioned you know a lot on social media but some some of the elite players are doing a great job of just getting content out there. You know, Sasha Corbin with her solo sessions, Laura Malcolm with Myers Netball, um, Yaz Parsons, um, all putting pretty much daily workouts out there. So uh, especially, I mean, we're going to rip some off, but uh, <laughs> cheers, girls. Um, but especially for, you know, grassroots players and, and junior players, there's lots of content out there that, you know, you don't even have to think. You can just follow along. You can join in their session with them. And I think that's a that's a great idea to kind of still feel connected to that community as well. But like I was saying, I think the mental part of it is the bigger thing. And so we've got lots of different stuff we're putting into the week in terms of, you know, um, team team video charts, um, like movie nights, um, social media challenges, cooking challenges, all sorts of random stuff that's not really that much to do with netball. But as a team and, and as individuals, it's really important that we we stay connected and we we stay positive and, and social as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it doesn't all have to be about netball, does it? Like you say, it's just about the team ethos and about people knowing that they have people out there. Um, go on, Mags, it sounded like you were going to speak then. No, no, no. I mean, I'm happy to. Um, at a lower level to what Sarah's talking about, we as a coaching team at Rhinos have also had to have the same sort of discussions. And collectively, we've decided to focus on the same things as Sarah's done. You know, we might with pride, take some of the stuff that we've seen online. Um, what was it? Um, we're also going to pull together some mindfulness and some gratitude stuff um, because we want to make sure that everybody stays in contact and they think about the good things that are going on through the day. For as much as this coronavirus is, is trying to rip us apart, there's still really good things going on through your day. So we're kind of asking our girls to think of three things that they're grateful for every day. And if they're willing to share that with everybody within their age group, then, you know, that would be great. And it just might just pep somebody else up. And we're also putting together training packages, very much like every other franchise is doing, because it's great when this starts right now, but it's will we still have the same enthusiasm in five, six weeks time? And it's just making sure that we remember that we're going to have to keep this going for quite some time. So, yeah, everybody in the netball world, you know, thanks for, for putting themselves out there, sharing their stuff so that everybody benefits. Yeah. And I know that like in our academy as well, I think that they're basically keeping the session times, yeah. you know, and, and doing doing a session all together by video link or whatever, but at the time, like the day and time of the week that they'd normally have a session. So there's still a small element of routine to, to people's lives. Yeah, because I think that is a lot of it, isn't it? It's when your routine gets thrown out. Um, like you were saying earlier, you kind of go, what do I do now? What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> Says Emma sat in her pyjamas <laughs> at <laughs> well, 11 o'clock. <laughs> speaking from experience, I've not moved. I've not moved Sorry, that is, that, that is your normal routine though, right, Em? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most I've done in the last four days is burnt some uh, some healthy cookies. I won't be making that Yeah, I saw that. Again. You massacred them. Ew. Yeah, I know. Uh, they weren't blueberries in them, by the way. Those big black 
back things. They were raisins that had almost exploded <laughs> in the oven. Um, but anyway, Mags, that was a really nice thing that you mentioned there about uh, three things you're grateful for. So get your thinking caps on because before the end of today's podcast, I'm going to ask you pair for three things that you're both grateful for so that you can inspire other people, okay? Okay. Oh, okay. okay no. Sorry, Sarah. I, don't, I can't think and speak at the same time. <laughs> well, there'll be a pause occasionally okay, when I'm good, talking. Good. There's your thinking time. Also, this is good as well because our, uh, our Netball UK, our sponsors tweeted on Tuesday that our Netball post sales went through the roof today, proving Netballs are being proactive. So this is very good to know. Keep that up. Right then. Uh, very heavy start, understandably, to that. We needed to cover uh, that because it's important to everybody inside and outside of the Netball world. Uh, but a very necessary topic to discuss. We're keen to make things a little more lighthearted now and chat about some good Netball news. Two Super League games went ahead at the weekend with Thunder keeping their 100% record so far this season after gritting their teeth and seeing off a determined Surrey Storm 60-42. Sarah, the defending champions are looking extremely strong in their first four games. Do you see that continuing after the break? And if so, what are teams going to have to do to stop them? Um, I don't know, maybe send all the players some really good cake recipes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, offer, I'd offer help but I wouldn't no not you Emma not you <laughs> <laughs> um, no they, they they have looked good at the beginning of the season um, I, I think what's inter- what's been interesting is we've not kind of played enough to really get a sense of of who who would make that top four up and who would be favourites I think you know Thunder have looked good but um, they've also been exposed at times and I think teams generally tend to learn more during a season and so the second round of games you kind of get reverses of of score lines because they've learned more um and then other teams you know have been much more up and down and I think it it was shaping up to be a really interesting like first half of the season because because of the inconsistencies and because of some of the surprises of different teams um but yeah I mean Thunder they they just bring a sort of like level of ruthlessness that is is always there and always consistent and always difficult to beat. Max, what what are your thoughts on that? What do you think other teams are going to have to do to break them down? Um, you know, it's a difficult one, really. Insofar as they've managed to maintain the the, the core of their squad, who are very used to playing with each other, the familiar, the style of netball that they play at Thunder is is typically really difficult to break down. And as a consequence of that, you know, there's been a few teams that push them. Sarah's team push them and you know and nearly turn them over you know and as honest as Sarah is you know it was she's made it clear herself the game was theirs to take and unfortunately you know Thunder just closed it out so it's a game stuff um Thunder are in form let's see what happens when you know they come up against Bath who are also in form yeah, we shall see. Well, the second game was Seven Stars hosting last year's runner-up Wasps. Not a result a lot will have predicted, with Stars picking up their first win of the season. Uh, now, Wasps just didn't <laughs> I'm seem going to be on the money. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, nothing yeah. in there, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of dust. straight in the kitty. Dust and fluff. <laughs> Wasps just didn't seem to be on the money, and Stars were inspired by brilliant shooting from George Rowe, who shot at 98%. Wow. Incredible that. What is not quite working for Wasps then, do you reckon, Max? Oh, gosh. You know, we've just discussed the fact that they've come up against, um, you know, they came up with the first game against Thunder, who were informing that first game. Uh, you know, they, I think they've played, have they played Bath as well? Yeah, I think they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they played Bath, Mavericks. Yeah, Mavericks. They've, so, they've had a really tough start. Yeah, they this have. Season. They have had a really tough start, and uh, as a consequence of that, you know, teams have done the homework on them. You know, they know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, and in the last game against Stars, 
and not taking anything away from stars because they were they were on form and it was beautiful netball to watch um i personally feel that wasp were missing a goal attack it was almost as if the goal attack had gone awol um you can't rely on just one shooter whereas mm. stars had two shooters going and you know delivering shots and nailing them so you know for those who um, maybe haven't had the opportunity to watch the game i think they just need to do a little bit of work with the connections in the attack and they need a goal attack who is prepared to take shots uh, that's got to have given stars a boost though that victory how will that affect them going forward do you think I think it's huge. I'm kind of kicking myself I didn't back stars because... Mm-hmm. because you did Umanar about yeah, that, didn't Yeah, I did Umanar about it because they were always going to get a big win sooner or later. You know, they've been playing some good netball. Um, I mean, Liana Leota makes a big difference to them. She just runs that attack end. She gives everyone a lot of confidence. Um, she gets ball into her shooters pretty easily. And so they, they were always going to be a really tough team. And I do feel for Wasps with the start that they've had for the season because you get... You get Bath Mavericks Thunder in your first three games. Like, geez, give, give them a break. Yeah. And then they come up against the Stars team that have been building and building in those first few games. And, and that just kind of was the game where they tipped it over the edge. I think the worry for Wasps, and I, like I'm not saying this is the case at all, but <clears throat> I look at that team and I'm wondering where the motivation is for some of those guys because... They've won it. They've won it two times as wasps. A lot of those girls came from Surrey Storm. They'd won it two or three times with Surrey Storm. Um, your average age at wasps is probably over thirty now. With a, with a lot of those players, mm. you've got Rach Dunn, Jade in the past yeah. thirty five bracket. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> She's grimacing and trying to. I'm trying to be politically correct. I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm trying to not get like abusive text messages on my way home. Um, ageism, ageism. Yeah, and, <laughs> but you've got and you've got Hannah, Hannah Reed and pe- people like that in there as well. And I don't know. Like for me, I kind of stopped because I'd I'd stopped wanting to get up and train in the morning. You know, what? Why was I training? Like I'd I'd played t- ten plus years of Super League. I'd won it. Um, you know, I'd played internationally. What What is the left and where's the motivation? And f- for me, I look at those WAFs guys and I'd, I can't see how some of them are motivated by Super League at the minute. Um, and that might be part of the problem because it's a, it's a tough slog pre-season. They had a tough pre-season because they went out to New Zealand mm. and played in, in that competition. And by the time they got to, to, to season, you've done like 15 weeks and, you know, 15 weeks of your 15th year of Super League is a bit it's, like... It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, so basically you're saying it's kind of like, well, I've been there, I've done that, I've done the achievement a few times, so what am I aiming for? A little bit, and I'm not saying that, I, I'm, this is me just guessing what what's potentially going on with some of those guys, because you've got quality all through that that team, and to win it two, year, two years on bounce, then finish runner-up, like, you know how good that team is, but I don't know for some of them what gets them up to go training in the morning and I'm not saying they don't they definitely do but there has to be a sort of a fire burning and a hunger to to win this league because everyone's working so hard and wants it so badly that actually if you don't quite want it as much as other people you're not going to get there. So what do you think then Sarah about the the discussion that goes around about people saying that they have nothing else? And that's what makes them get up, do what they do, because of the fact that they're almost scared to step away from it because it's the unknown of what is there for them. It's like that's a problem throughout sport, isn't it? You know, like yeah, but we've been there and we know that there is still life after sport, and you do carve out a different yeah, the, niche the, for yourself. There is, but it's a huge leap to take as well. Like if if you're 
if you're getting paid to do what you've always done and you love in terms of playing netball, it's hard to go, right, I'm going to step away from this and stop doing it and and what and see and see what else I can do. And for, for a lot of people, the identity is tied up in netball and or sport. And then to, to step away, then there needs to be some better planning from, from players and from the support around players to help them with that in terms of get things in place. So it's not like a leap of faith. It's more of a sort of like gentle nice step tra- into yeah, the transition next, into the next phase of the line, into the next phase. Um, but you know, and uh, and for a lot of those girls at Was, they have got other things. You know, Rachel Dunn's been working as a, oh. a lab t- um, in labs and as a scientist for for years, and Hannah Reed's got a fantastic job with UK Sport and things like that. And I'm not saying they should retire at all; like that, that's completely up to them. But um, you know, for for Wasps, they had a, quite a clear recruitment strategy of of recruiting older, experienced players, and that's worked for for three years. But at what point do you need to get newer players in that freshen that up like for us this year getting getting a load of young players in has kind of given everyone a bit of a boost yeah. of energy because they yeah. come in and they're so excited mm. about everything and you're going oh my god it's 8 a.m on a monday and they're morning like, bunnies. <laughs> you know i don't i don't want to be here and they're like how was everyone's weekend what did you do and i'm like oh god guys well maybe then i need another coffee <laughs> maybe then there's a, a point that could be made that the experience the wealth of experience that they have on their court and in their roster could be than the women that then now sit on the bench as the advisors. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, that there's, transition there's would be loads perfect. of ways to work it. And, you know, mm. you, you get you get young players coming through. And like as an older player in the last few years, whilst I was playing, I kind of enjoyed like chatting to the younger players mm. and, you know, helping them out. Yeah. And, you know, you are kind of that, that bit of a mentor role. And there's, there's lots of different ways of doing it. But I think that... I'm not, and like I said, I'm I'm guessing here because I I actually don't know what's going on at Waston. It's none of my business, really. But that that is poten- potentially one factor playing yeah. in in there. That you know those girls have been there and done it. And you know, does losing to stars really affect their wider netballing career and life? Probably not. not- no. no, I can definitely see where you're both coming from. And I think probably this is a topic that we can widely discuss on a future podcast. So if you've got any questions or comments on that, get them in on all the socials at My Netball Nation. Because I think there's a lot around that, particularly even when you mentioned the fact that it's kind of, it's the unknown of what do we do. Identity uh, for a lot of people is formed around playing. Yeah. So, you know, that in future is something that we could definitely uh, touch I on I mean, further. I'm probably getting a little bit deep with all this, all this, <laughs> all this coronavirus thing is just so me over the edge i'm getting a bit deep and philosophical let's just let's well, just stick to netball for a minute do you know what i'm gonna bring you both back down to earth because you did um and ah sarah but you both called wasps yeah so cough up yeah. I tell you what, I would, but I'm, there's no cash now. It's, it's <laughs> I to handle it. <laughs> hey, I'm accepting bank transfers <laughs> from my beds. All right, I'll take them as soon as we're allowed back out again. We're gonna have a great night out on all this. All right. Yeah, yes. and then we'll we'll post it on social media. <laughs> what, what we can until Max yeah. gets going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. Right oh. then. Um, another listener, Sarah Jane's, tweeted us asking if either of you have changed your mind on who is going to finish in the top four. I don't know who I said in the first place. I think we went with uh, Thunder, Wasps, uh, Mavs. Oh, no. Thunder, Bath, Bath Mavs yeah. and yourselves. So are you changing your minds at all? Is that what we said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not changing at this moment in time. What about you, Sarah? Just I'll tell you what, Sarah, pretend you never gave you who's going to finish that <laughs> Well, I, I don't <laughs> think I did. I've got like memory loss on it. Well, um, who would you say now then? 
even with even with Ross having a not not great start, they're hard to mm. they're hard to write off with the quality they've got. Um, Thunder. Oh, Thunder Bath. I've got to put Lightning in there. Thunder Bath Lightning. And then I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with Mavs and, and Wasps. Well, you've got to pick one, Sarah. Da -na -na. By the time oh, she's made her mind up, Max, Mavs. we'll be allowed back out again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You've got to give me heads up on these things. You can't just throw, throw decisions like this at me. You're going with Mavs, did you say? Think, yeah, sure. Okay. There's, there's still such a long way to go, should we actually resume normal business, um, but just on form this far. Right. Well, we've got them there. So feel free, Sarah Jane, to ask the same question. If nor if it does, if normality resumes in the next. I mean, few I'll months. have forgotten again by then. I so. know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right then, we're going to wrap up this section with a question that's been submitted by another one of our very loyal listeners, Faith. Now she says, "Great to have this excellent podcast back. Plus, everyone looking great on camera." in your son your son club league review last week i would add a shout out to joe hart and being named captain of giants this year but quite a blow to them with seabass injury sadly question people make much of the kiwi style and the aussie style and despite imports these styles are quite evident when you watch suncorp and anz is there an english style and is it even something important to develop? All the Super League teams seem pretty different in style to me. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just curious of your thoughts. Thanks and stay well, Faith Florence. What would you say to that, guys? I like the fact that we're different. Yeah, and I think it's interesting if you listen to Tamsin talk about this, she's she's very adamant that England needs a style and to not to try and copy other, pe other nations' style. I think... England style is a little bit of a hybrid yeah. between between the Australian and New Zealand style. Um, I think as a nation, we spent a long time trying to be something we're not internationally in terms of, you know, trying to play a very Australian style. And, you know, we had a lot of Australian national coaches for a while, so that kind of adds up. And then we had Kiwi influence as well. And I think the the interesting thing about English players is I think that there's an ability to do a bit of both. You know, a lot of players can off mark. A lot of players can go tight man on man. We can play short, sharp netball. We've also got people who aren't afraid to let long ball go. So um, I think that there is a bit of a style and I think it's developing more with the more confidence that England as a nation gets in how good it is because then you don't feel a need to imitate and copy and try and worry about other teams as much as just play your own netball. So you think that's something that's going to continue developing the English style? Yeah, I think it depends on whoever the coach is and whatever the coach wants to see. But let's not forget that the majority of, I say majority, quite a big proportion of our national team players are in Australia, you know, playing their netball. So they are at this hybrid that Sarah's talking about. I think it's evident when they then come back home and play for uh, the Roses. Thank you for that, girls. Well, Faith Florence, I hope that answered your question. Uh, remember, you can get all your questions in on all the socials at My Netball Nation. We'll aim to answer them the following week in the podcast. Now, when plenty of sports took a hit at the weekend with postponements to football and rugby games, the national school finals were able to go ahead. There were some very competitive games and excellent skill on show at Stanborough School with three age groups on show, under 14s, under 16s and under 19s. Huge congratulations to the winners, Berkhamstead School, under 14. Guildford High School, the under-16s, and Worthing College, the under-19s. Uh, to you all, this is, guys, uh, how important for the sport are tournaments and events like the National Schools Finals? 
I mean, I loved tournaments. Did you not yeah. love tournaments? They were the best. Oh. What was it about them that was so good? I think having everyone in one place yeah. is great. So you like you kind of get to know lots of different people and then you meet up with them at the national tournaments and um, it was always such a good atmosphere. Yeah, it was. Regardless of the fact that you were, you know, arch enemies on the day, <laughs> it was the opportunity to play against lots of teams that you would never normally come into contact with. Um, and the competition being as it is, it's usually really, really short games. Some teams work better when it's competition status like that, like it's only seven or eight minutes, as opposed to the long game, they just don't sustain it over an hour. So I just think the, the short, sharp, it was quick, it was aggressive, um, and, and it was great. I loved it. And you were, talking, you were talking earlier, um, Sarah, about, you know, having, you need to have that fire in your belly. Yeah. At those kind of tournaments, I bet it was just a room full of people with that fire. Well, it would have been a room if they weren't outside. all outside. <laughs> With, with like netballs blowing like a um, meter yeah, yeah, offline yeah. when Who someone shot. Who want to be shot. a shooter? <laughs> I remember <laughs> playing at, at Rodine School. Um, it, it was it Sussex or somewhere? It's right down south. Rodine School. And it was like the windiest day ever. Like you're just like having to do that, like no more than a two meter pass because everything else was getting blown what away. What was the score? About three to four. <laughs> Well, thank you for that, girls. Now then, we're going to blast through this last topic before wrapping things up. The ANZ Championship return at the weekend and here's the results from the first round. Tactics 41, Pulse 53, Northern Stars 55, Mystics 59, Steel 48, Magic 54. So, Sarah, what do you make of those results? Well, interesting. You know, I think we we both, we all picked the Pulse to win it um, last week. And Can I change my mind? <laughs> You're changing your mind? I am, yeah, on this one. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, well, um, yeah, that, that's a good result for the Pulse because the Tactics have got a strong team this year. You know, they've picked up Tapia Selby-Rickett. She's a great addition for them in the shooting circle. They've got Kimio Apoi. So, good win for the Pulse. Um, the Mystics game, I enjoyed that game. That's who I want to change yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix Karaka, good, oh. good friend of mine. I had an awesome game, so good on your fee. And then Grayson Wecky, the shooter, is looking like she is a silver fern in the and making. And little two-way. Little yes. two-way, the two babies in the circle. Didn't they do well? They did so well. And then, yeah, shout out to the Magic, because I think that's the first time they've beaten Steel in the, the new ANZ competition. So, um, yeah, that's a big result for them. Well done, Magic. And uh, Mags, you want to change your mind, right? Well, just on the strength of that game, and you shouldn't go just on one game, but I was absolutely blown away with the whole Mystics team. And, you know, I know Sarah will correct me if I got this incorrect. Like, is it Tui Ava? Oh, Tui Ava, yeah. Oh, my Lord. She, another one that does witchcraft with the ball. She was just unbelievably good yeah really really good i really like her and not stereotypically the kind of person you'd expect to see playing wing attack but it just shows how skillful a player can be regardless of who they are what they are what they look like so hats off to her yeah max, max is jumping ship early doors yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, max, i am max. fickle fickle <laughs> indeed uh, now the season was set to continue but behind closed doors but that's now been suspended for two weeks what do you make of that decision um <clears throat> i mean I think it's completely the right decision not to not to continue at the minute, assuming they're at, you know at a similar stage of of this whole outbreak that we are. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what two weeks is going to do. Um, it's a difficult one for players in that scenario because you're going to continue to train for those two weeks mm -hmm. to to make sure you're ready. And you'd say looking at it from this from this you know country and this point of view, in two weeks it's probably just going to be worse, and then you're going to delay it if you continue to delay it for two weeks. 
it's a nightmare for, for players and coaches. And I think that's part of the reason England netball took the decision to put it to the end of April. So that it was a little bit of a, a line in the sand, like, look, people stop, rest, then you can start again because this isn't going to get done anytime soon. And I think New Zealand, after this two weeks, probably need to have a look at, at what they're doing and, and what decisions they're making because two weeks at a time is going to be a nightmare for players. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, for them to be able to keep up with knowing where they're up to with it all. Uh, for, as for Super Netball, they're due to begin the 2020 season on May the 2nd. Now, they announced on Thursday that they're modelling a number of different scenarios regarding the upcoming season. What do you think is the best thing for them to do? Do they play behind closed doors or postpone until a later date? You see, if we're going to take out the financial implications to every single franchise, you know, linked to netball, then for as far as I'm concerned, if it hasn't started, and this is not going to be a popular answer, I'm sure, but if it hasn't started, why start it? And, you know, for the games that have already been played, if we were like football and we were at the back end of our season and there was the opportunity just to play maybe the last two games behind closed doors with no spectators in there, I think they'd have a stronger argument for saying, let's see if we can cram those games into the last couple of weeks. But where we are with our own um, competition and where they are in New Zealand, having just had the first round and and uh, Suncorp not even having started, I don't think you need to be a scientist to work out that this is going to go on for quite some time. And as far as right, as a, you know, a head coach of a franchise, the need, somebody needs to be brave enough to tell everybody this is going to go on for at least six months so that people can plan and people can move on with their lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm biased in this situation because Stacey's obviously out there. Um, I am super keen to get her home um, and she can't come home because they've not made a decision on what they're doing. And I think for, for the imports, that's really difficult. You know, um, people like foreign people now aren't allowed into Australia. Flights are beginning to be grounded out of Australia and it's a tough time for people who that's that's not their home. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not neutral at all on this topic. Um, but I'd agree with Mags in terms of needing to make a decision. I think the difficulty in Australia is they've been set uh, what I feel is a really dangerous precedent by NRL and AFL continuing to play behind closed doors, um, which to me is basically saying we don't care about the health of our players and their families. Um, because yes, you know, there's an argument for um, national morale being boosted by sport and, and that's a completely fair argument and you know sports don't want to go bust but this isn't about like it's a bigger picture this isn't about playing yeah. a game yeah. this isn't about like, saying that travelling to play a, a match is essential travel it's not essential travel and you have to look at the bigger picture and you have to be the 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 health and well-being of, of the people involved has to be at the forefront of it and in Australian sport in general I think at the minute that's not the case and I think that's a worry no, certainly. Well, get your thoughts in as well at my netball nation. Um, what do you think? Uh, I just want to know this out of interest. What are I know, Mags, you mentioned the financial repercussions. What are are there any other detrimental things that could happen from the postponement of the games? I think I think the reason that for Australia and New Zealand um, playing behind closed doors is a is more of an option than it is here is because of the revenue that TV brings in for them. Mm. Um, so if they're going to lose ticket revenue and, and potentially sponsorship revenue, they don't want to le- lose TV revenue um, also. Um, but like I said, I, I think you've got to kind of look a little bit outside of your little bubble of sport and, and your world and, and look into the, the bigger picture. I think for, for players, it's difficult because if this season ends up not happening around the world um, 
<clears throat> you potentially go into an international season at the end of the yeah. year. Um, how do you pick a squad? How do they get fit? Um, like, there's a, there's also a bit of a like, how does anyone care about it? Like, yeah. if you've just been through this for six months, like, yeah. like people do want to play sport and and all the rest of it, but you just draw a line under it and yeah, start again. You almost need to start again. Yeah. So it, it's tough. It's it's really hard for for everyone involved. I think you're absolutely right, guys. It puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? And there are far bigger things and far important more important things at play than sport as important as it is to all of us uh, right then before we say goodbye we're going to finish with a comment from another listener Roshan now after listening to last week's show and our discussion on the super netball season here's what Roshan said I've just watched the first episode of the second season of the podcast however I felt you missed out talking about the trolling Caitlin Bassett received due to her injury I know there is a blog post on the website but I was wondering if you could discuss how to deal with negative comments uh, received as a player and a coach. What could be done to combat this having a negative effect on players' well-being? Well, first of all, I'm going to say I miss 90% of things now because I locked myself out of Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> not always a bad thing. No, and it's not. And I'm not sure I'm not sure if I was hacked or if I've just forgotten all my passwords or what. But I've not been on Twitter for about two months now. So anyone who's been trolling me, you're getting no, yeah, you're getting no response, getting no response yeah. because I can't get Best into way. it. But it's Best actually it's, it has actually been a really good thing for me. So um, I'm probably not going back on it. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. But, but how do you then? Because obviously a lot of people are on social media yeah. how do you deal with this negativity you know as, as a coach how do you advise the others to deal with it I think first of all um for people who haven't seen the seen the stuff around Caitlin Bassett she she basically got a load of negative comments around when her knee injury was was announced people were sort of saying how do you get injured if all you do is you stand don't there you don't move and yeah. just just really ridiculous stuff um and what Caitlin Bassett did was basically call them out and say, this is what I'm receiving. Um, you know, you guys need to get a life sort of thing, which is one way of doing it. But it takes a lot of, that takes a lot of strength and a lot of, um, a lot of security in yourself to do and, and shout out to Caitlin Bassett for yeah, doing, doing that, that. and for highlighting the problem that exists. Because yeah. what normally happens is that you, if you challenge these trollers, or whatever their name is, because I don't even want to say because it's a family show. If you if you ch if you challenge them, they usually come back with something more vicious and you know poisonous. Yeah. And um, I know what I do with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, I think generally the the argument is just to not give them like the the, the, the time of day yeah. and the airspace and and not and, and not to react. And it, it's difficult because you know it, it is hurtful, and so sometimes trying to stay away from comments and trying to stay away from social media is the way to go because um, no one needs that kind of negativity. I want to know what Max would do with him. Go on, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this show after 9pm? <laughs> Max, Max is in the police, so she knows how to yeah. get away with it. <laughs> I'm forensically aware. Um, no, but all, in the old joking aside, you know, out in the outside world, and if somebody had said something like that and, and continued, you know, it could be recorded as a hate crime. You know, there's some nasty people out there and we can actually identify them because I think, you know, they put up their, 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 their name. So we've got, you know, we can see who it is. And then it comes right back down to where we've been with football, with rugby, with lots of lots of other sports, having the people that have the power to, to take these people down and not allow them to have the airspace. I know it's just it's just a, a disgrace. And if they've ever been injured themselves or ever had anything, you know, horrible happen to them, you know, how would they feel? 
Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, these kind of people really don't I care. I think it's just something worth every, everyone thinking about, though. You know, what you put out there, like... It has an effect. You, like, you need, you need to remember that everyone's a human. Like, yeah. you know, like Caitlin Bassett it might be an unachievable level for lots of people. And, um, you know, she, she might just be so far away from, from where you're at that you don't even see her as a normal person. She's sitting in her house reading these hateful things and it hurts just like it hurts anyone else. Yeah. So um, people just need to be aware that when you're writing that, you know, it's about a person. Like it's not it's not going into the ether and no one's seeing it. No, you're right. These are human beings. And I think uh, with social media, for all the good that it does, like you say, this is the ongoing debate, isn't it? That we're always going to have trolls, but it's how you have to deal with them however you see best, however suits you. But like you girls say, before you type anything, just think, because that is a human being on the other side. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing at the minute in in response to coronavirus stuff is how positive social media can be. And and that's what we want to see. Um, yeah. Like people leaving messages for Seabass, you know, wishing her well and, and good luck with rehab and all the rest of it. Yeah, Amazing. Just, yeah. She just needs to just take the positive out of it. Take all uh, the positives, ride that wave because the positives were like 100% as opposed to this minus 1%. And if they doesn't go away, just call Mags. You're out of it. <laughs> Or just do what Sarah does and forget your password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have forgotten I read it two minutes later. <laughs> but, you know, sending her best. We, we want to send Seabass, you know, the, all our, our love and all the best for her recovery because, you know, she is a phenomenal athlete. And, um, you know, turn a blind eye to it, get on with it. Absolutely. Sending you lots of love. Uh, now, thanks for getting in touch with us, Shan. Remember, you could do the same as ever. Uh, if you are Netball Nation family, have got any questions, just tweet us at MyNetballNation, drop us an email, hello at MyNetballNation.com, and we will do our best to cover these in the next episode. Now, that was some hearty episode, wasn't it, girls? It's a good job people have got lots of free time. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that. <laughs> no one's going to work today. No. <laughs> uh, now, um, I want to ask three things that you've both grateful of please mags first oh i'm grateful that i am fit and healthy to the best of my knowledge mm-hmm. i'm grateful that you know i'm surrounded by um beautiful lovely people who appreciate me and i appreciate them even more and i'm grateful for um the fact that i haven't been doing any um, bulk buying i've made sure that when i've gone <laughs> to the supermarket i've left enough for everybody else yes mags, mags we salute you what about you sarah yes Pressure. same I'm, I'm grateful that you know um I'm healthy and well and I'm grateful for an amazing support network of of family and friends um, who continue to, you know, be positive and and make my life better each day. And I'm grateful um, that I get to see you guys today. Oh, I mean, you're not normally the highlight of my week, but there's been nothing happening. (laughs) She hasn't seen anybody else. (laughs) I've been indoors. (laughs) I'd like to point out that you've chosen the one week I'm not there to say that. So I know, but I'm looking, lo- looking, I'm looking at lovingly at, at your hazmat photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? I'd like to add to that. We are also very grateful to you, our Netball Nation listeners. Thank you so much for listening uh, to another podcast. And if you want to, if you want to share what you're grateful for with us, uh, again, you can get in touch with us on all the socials at My Netball Nation. Let us know what three things you are grateful for and we'll read them out on next week's podcast if we can. Thank you so much for listening to Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. To listen to our podcast, head over to MyNetballNation.com and follow us on all the social platforms at My Netball Nation. 
Also, don't forget to head over to the Netball UK website and use the code NATION10 for 10% off everything before midnight tonight. T's and C's are online at mynetballnation.com. Stay safe, look out for each other, and we are going to be back with a new episode as soon as we can. See you soon, girls. Cheers, bye. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. From local league to super league, they've got everything you need.